Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. In today's video, I'm going to be doing my last set of positional rankings for the 2022 season. So I've already done the running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. It's time today to go through my top 12 tight ends. You know, kind of just a rough, you know, sketch going into the offseason. Never too early to start looking into next season content. But let's just start it off here at number one. And I have Travis Kelsey. I do think there may be some debate this offseason between Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, but right now I'm going to have Kelsey at this number one spot. He's finished as a top two tight end in points per game in the last six seasons. That is just absurd consistency. You know, he's been incredibly consistent from a year to year perspective. He's had over 80 receptions and over 1,100 receiving yards in that six season span. So not only is he producing every single year, but he also is on the field basically every single game. After only playing in one game his rookie year, he has only missed three games over the past eight seasons. I mean, that is just crazy, really at any position. I think the only concern you could have for Travis Kelsey is that he will be turning 33 during the 2022 season. So that's definitely kind of the point where you're expecting guys to kind of fall off if they haven't already started to fall off. So just something to look out for. But I mean, he just continues to produce. And so right now, I don't see a reason why he would drop you know, out of that number one spot. At number two, I already mentioned him. It is Mark Andrews coming off a massive season in 2021. He was the number one tight end in points per game and total points. He was also number one in all of these categories. So number one in targets, target share, receptions, receiving yards, deep targets, red zone targets, and touchdowns. So just production all across the board. But I do think there are some areas where we could see regression from Mark Andrews in 2022. And it kind of just, you know, comes down to this Ravens offense as a whole. They took a drastic shift from the 2020 season into 2021. And a lot of that was due to just injuries on the entire team. They lost their top two running backs, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. They also had a bunch of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. So it kind of just put more pressure on the offense. They kind of leaned away from the run game, you know, more so than they had in previous years. They were forced to throw the ball much more. And so in 2020, the Ravens averaged 25.4 pass attempts per game. That number shot all the way up to 35.9. So I don't think that number is going to totally fall right back to 25.4, but I feel like it could definitely settle in like the 30 to 32 range, but that will still be a drop off from, you know, the volume this entire offense saw in 2021. Plus they'll likely have Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman out there, you know, both healthy at the same time. So just more weapons to kind of choose from. So I do think Mark Andrews is going to be, you know, a high end tight end one. I just don't know if, you know, we can put him up there as the number one overall guy. Moving on to number three, I have George Kittle. He finished as the tight end three in points per game in 2021. So right where I have him here going into next season, he can be kind of frustrating to own on a week to week basis. And it's really to no fault of his own. It's more just how they use him. You know, in certain games, he's just not heavily involved as a receiver because he is so skilled as a blocker. But then other games he goes out and is just totally dominant. We definitely saw at least a few of those performances last year where he goes out 10 receptions, you know, 180 yards and a touchdown. He has a massive weekly ceiling, but that floor is also fairly low. I think it'll be interesting to see what this offense looks like with Trey Lance likely taking over 
heading into next season. Just looking at Kittle's, you know, value, not just positionally, but in comparison to, you know, other positions, I'm guessing he'll be like a mid third round pick. Right now, he's kind of going as a late third. I think he'll kind of start to creep up throughout the offseason. And I just don't think I'll be interested in him in that price. But I definitely think he still deserves to be ranked as a high-end tight end one. Moving on to number four, I have Darren Waller. And I think in 2022, Darren Waller will be one of my most owned players. He was definitely a big disappointment this season, finishing as the tight end six in points per game. When he was being drafted as like the tight end two, at latest tight end three, and was really supposed to be someone who had that high-end ceiling. He also missed a bunch of games down the stretch, only played in 11 games, so missed six. And really the main factor that held back Darren Waller was his touchdowns. He only got into the end zone twice in 11 games. That's obviously not going to produce a super high ceiling. I don't think there's any reason to believe that number doesn't bounce back in 2022. And right now, Darren Waller is being drafted as like a mid fourth round pick and the fifth overall tight end. I will take that value every day over picking Travis Kelsey, you know, in the mid second or Mark Andrews in the late second. Give me Darren Waller in the middle of the fourth round because we already know he has that ability to finish as the tight end one and you're going to be able to go out, get a stud running back or a stud wide receiver, you know, two rounds earlier and then you can scoop up an elite tight end in the fourth round. Now at number five, I have Kyle Pitts, and I kind of thought I would be ahead of the curve on Kyle Pitts and that he would be someone I was heavily targeting heading into next season. It kind of doesn't look like that's the case because he is already so highly regarded. He's being valued as the tight end four and as a late third, early fourth round pick. So he is going ahead of Darren Waller. And don't get me wrong, I think Pitts is going to be an amazing NFL tight end. He had a fantastic rookie season. You know, really the only thing that held him back, just like Darren Waller, was those touchdown numbers. And I expect him to have a really, really solid sophomore season. I just don't know if I can justify throwing him up there ahead of guys who have already proven to be high-end tight end ones like a Darren Waller. So I do really like him this year, just probably slightly less than the rest of the fantasy community. And then I think after Pitts, there's a pretty steep drop-off here. You know, I feel like all those guys in the top five Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Waller, even Pitts, you wouldn't be shocked if they finished as the number one overall tight end. But after that, I think it would be real shocking if a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who I have at number six, finished as the overall number one. He was putting up pretty solid production, you know, before his season ending thumb injury. He was the tight end six in points per game. You know, I feel like I'm pretty neutral on TJ Hawkinson. I liked him going into last season, but I'm not overly excited about him going into 2022. We knew his upside was going to be from incredible volume because that offense wasn't going to be good, but they had very few weapons. We knew he was a very competent receiver. So if he could command a huge target share, that would really be where his production came from. You know, it was okay, but when we're looking forward into next year, I'm not really expecting a huge upgrade at quarterback. They probably just go into it with Jared Goff, kind of try to reload in the draft. The quarterbacks are not great this season. So I don't think they're going to draft someone at what they have like the number two pick. Maybe they move back, but I mean, year one, are they really going to be that big of an upgrade over Goff? There could also be more weapons coming into this offseason. Maybe they sign a wide receiver. We saw Amon Ra break out basically, you know, right after TJ Hodkinson was out for the season. So that's more competition on a bad offense. A lot of this sounds kind of negative, 
But I do think, you know, he's ahead of the guys behind him, but then also very clearly behind a lot of the players in front of him. Number seven is going to be Dallas Goddard. And I think, you know, he'll be a decent mid to late round tight end option. He'll be operating as the tight end number one, you know, on his roster for the entire season, which is something he hasn't done yet. It's always been that duo of himself and Zach Ertz. He also finished the season pretty strongly with 21 receptions and 339 receiving yards in his last four games. You know, hopefully for Goddard, Jalen Hurts is able to take a step forward as a passer. That'll just help his overall ceiling. I think this Eagles offense could look a lot different heading into 2022. So something we'll just kind of evaluate throughout the offseason. And number eight, I have Dawson Knox. He had a breakout 2021 season, finished as the tight end nine in points per game, and really just had some huge, you know, high ceiling performances. My concern for Dawson Knox moving forward is that he broke out with touchdowns and not volume. So you look at a guy like Kyle Pitts, who actually finished, you know, lower than Dawson Knox in points per game. He was great in terms of volume, lack touchdowns. I would much rather have that than someone who goes out, doesn't have a huge target share, doesn't get a ton of yardage, and then scores a ton of touchdowns, because I think volume is much more repeatable than touchdown production. Like if Kyle Pitts went out and scored 10 touchdowns next season, I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be fairly shocked if Dawson Knox went out and, you know, had a thousand receiving yards. That's kind of the way that I look at it. Knox was tied, you know, for the most touchdowns at the tight end position with nine. He was up there with Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and I think the other dude was Hunter Henry. We know Hunter Henry's in that same boat, very, very touchdown dependent, not seeing a ton of volume. And then Knox only finished as the number 15 tight end in receiving yards. So a huge discrepancy there. I do think I'm probably going to be avoiding him heading into next season just because his price is going to be a little bit inflated. But if he can see an increase in volume, we know he has a really solid role as a red zone threat in an offense that's going to be high scoring. They're going to have a lot of passing touchdowns. That could kind of bump him up to a mid-tier tight end one finish. Moving on to number nine, I have Pat Fryermuth, who put together a really solid rookie season, 60 receptions, 497 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. He finished as the tight end 16 in points per game, which really doesn't sound good at all. But when you're looking at those back end tight ends, they're all separated by basically like half a point. So he was right up there as like a, you know, borderline tight end one all season long. The Steelers do have a lot of questions to answer on the offensive side of the ball. You're looking at the quarterback position. Big Ben's retired. That spot's up for grabs. They're going to have to address this offensive line. It was a mess the entire season. We could see Fryermuth take another step forward in 2022. I just think, you know, his ceiling is a little bit capped due to his lack of athleticism. You're looking at those top tier tight end ones. Almost every single guy who finishes up there is a freak athlete. Unfortunately, Pat Frymuth is not that, but he still could be, you know, a solid mid-tier tight end one play. And then these last three players here are actually all going to be free agents. So kind of the uncertainty of their landing spot is going to play into these rankings. But at number 10, I have Mike Gusecki. The last three years, he's ranged from like a high-end tight end two to a low-end tight end one. So kind of in that similar range. The appeal to Mike Gusecki is that we know he is an elite athlete. And he plays almost entirely out wide or in the slot. So he's not going to be tasked with blocking, you know, a ton throughout the game. He basically is a wide receiver with a tight end designation, 
We'll see what offense he goes to. I do think he could definitely find a better spot than Miami. But then, you know, how is he going to be used? Are they going to put him more on the line? We are just not sure. At number 11, I have Dalton Schultz. Like I mentioned, he is also going to be a free agent. I think he would shoot up this list if he re-signs with the Cowboys. He broke out this past year, finished as the tight end five in points per game. Really just a well-rounded season in terms of volume and touchdown production. I just don't know how much trust I would have in him if he went to another team in a different situation. Just because the 2021 season really was his only year of fantasy-relevant production. So I would feel much more comfortable with him re-signing with the Cowboys. And then the final player on this top 12, I have Zach Ertz here at number 12. This past year, he showed that he is definitely not washed up and still has some juice to compete. He finishes the tight end 10 in points per game. I think re-signing with the Cardinals probably seems like one of his top options. You're going to be playing with a stud quarterback in a high-scoring offense, and we know he can produce in that system. I don't think he has that elite tight end potential anymore that we saw you know, a few years ago earlier in his career, but he's totally shown that he could be a serviceable back in tight end one and someone you know you feel fairly confident throwing into your lineup on a week-to-week basis. That is going to wrap it up for my 2022 tight end rankings. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Next week, I'm going to be going through some uh, incoming rookie rankings, just looking at the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs, maybe tight ends too, and then maybe posting like how I would, you know, draft a first round of a rookie mock draft, stuff like that. So stay tuned for all of that. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.